On my first episode of the Shane Rich Show, I welcome on 49ers kicker Robbie Gold. Robbie and I talk about his pathway to the NFL, his time with the Bears, his recent success with the 49ers, his new YouTube series, and much, much more. Be sure to subscribe to Robbie's YouTube channel, RG9TV, and look for new Kicking It episodes every week. Let's go! All right, everyone. Uh, Here's the eighth all-time leader in field goal percentage. He's a former All-Pro. He has the 14th most field goals made ever. He's third all-time in field goals made in one season. And the Bears' all-time leading scorer. Good as gold. Let's welcome on Robbie Gold. How are we? Great, thanks. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate having you on, and uh, thank you for your time. Yeah, no Uh, problem. It's fun to chat with you. I'm excited. Obviously, it's really cool what you guys are doing, and, uh, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. So give me those hard-asking questions. Thank you. I will. Uh, So let's start off the bat. Coming off of a season where you guys were a completion away from being Super Bowl champs, what's the mindset of the team heading into this upcoming offseason? Go back and win it. Uh, Obviously, we know we got a good group of uh, guys in the locker room. We have a really good core. You know, especially with COVID and the pandemic and missing the offseason and coming to training camp, we have a lot of guys who know the offense and defense, and I think we have a good chance with the continuity that we have to make another run at it. And You know, this is my second one I've lost, so definitely been motivated to get back. Uh, I think it was 13 years between uh, Super Bowl appearances, so you, you never take them for granted, and, and I'm sure the guys are working hard and ready to go, and we'll start up this week and have some fun. Awesome. Yeah, I know uh, training camp starting back up again, but around um, you talking about the Super Bowl and, and going back a second time, what was the team's reaction after the loss and how did you process it? It obviously stings. This one stings more than uh, the first one. I mean, all of them hurt, don't get me wrong, but uh, we didn't punt one time until the nine-minute mark in the fourth quarter. Uh, we had the lead uh, the entire game and they played really well for the last six minutes and 43 seconds. And obviously they made more plays than we did. And unfortunately they won the Super Bowl. And, you know, we were the NFC champs, which is, you know, something that's obviously exciting for an organization uh, to, to go to the Super Bowl. But you ultimately want to win it. So these guys are going to come back ready, ready to go. They're hungry. Uh, I know I've talked to a bunch of my teammates throughout the offseason and I think the most exciting thing is, is everyone knows we can have a chance uh, to go back as long as we uh, get back and work hard and stay healthy. I agree, man. Um, I'm looking forward to it, too. Now, uh, like you said, with six minutes and about 41 seconds left, uh, you know, the game changed. The, the Chiefs took over. They had that Patrick Mahomes made that crazy throw to Tyree Kill, and they set it up from there. And after the Super Bowl, certain people gave a lot of criticism to Coach Shanahan and it was an unfair amount. And others like myself believe he's one of the greatest young head coaches in football. What sets him apart from coaches you've had in the past? Well, a lot of it has to do with just his offensive knowledge. I mean, obviously, you know, he's learned from his father, who was a very successful two-time, well, actually more than that, but a two-time head coach, Super Bowl winning coach. You know, Kyle's been there before as an offensive coordinator and now as a head coach. And I think uh, just the ability for him to find mismatches and for his ability to game plan, uh, unlike any coach I've ever been a part of. And I think that has a lot to do with it. And I also think he's relatable being a young coach. He knows 
players and coaches and everyone has to go through and I think that's helpful when you're in a locker room leading a bunch of young kids um you know he's got kids almost these guys age so uh he's played the game uh he's been coaching working his way up for a significant amount of time and I think for him it's just his football acumen on offense and and the way that he manages the game is, is pretty unique yeah I mean as a Niner fan, I'm, I'm obviously not someone that's sitting in the locker room and going through film and looking at plays, but my dad and I, we sit and watch on Sunday, and, and it blows our mind, I mean, how phenomenal he is with play calling and the different things he can do with guys like Raheem Mostert and Debo Samuel and how he's taken George Kittle's talent to the next level. There's so many things that go into it, and it's, it's incredible to see how much he can take over. Now, along with Shanahan... Garoppolo is underappreciated and often gets a lot of judgment. I'm a big fan of his. I know a lot of the Niner fans are. A lot of you guys back him up. But how is Jimmy G as a leader of this team? He's a great leader. I mean, I think the two hardest positions on any football team is one, the head coach, right, and two, the quarterback. Um, Obviously, it's a quarterback-driven league. Uh, Head coaches get a lot of flack for things that happen in a game. And it's, it's easy to sit on your couch on Monday morning and say, could have, should have, would have, right? But yes. um, at the end of the day, I think uh, Jimmy's a great young quarterback who, um, in his first real full season starting, took a team to the Super Bowl. So uh, that says a lot about the type of player he is, the leader he is, and how guys rally around him. And I think, uh, you know, going into year two, uh, there's something for him to be excited about because obviously, like I said, it's his first full season playing. Um, and for us, that's exciting as players to know how far he can take us. Yeah, like you said, um, I I think Jimmy's phenomenal, and I can see just through you know videos and the sound effects and everything that comes with it. He's a leader, and he's a guy you definitely want on your team. And along with Shanahan, I feel that you know he he can do the things to take Jimmy's game to the next level. Yeah, I think obviously Jimmy fits the offense really well. You know, I think uh, from a completions, move the ball down the field, uh, outside zone, you know, the guys that we have on the offensive line, you know, the the committee running backs. I mean, I think just the way they built the team uh, has been pretty unique through undrafted free agents like Ross Dwelly uh, to fifth round picks like George Kittle uh, and everywhere in between, right? So I think, um, you know, when I got there, since now going on my fourth year, uh, four years ago, you know, we were 0-9 before we won our first game. We were in a lot of close games, and we didn't have as much talent um, the first year as we do now. So I think it's a, a very interesting dynamic of watching them build piece by piece, uh, and obviously Jimmy is a big part of that. Yes, oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Um, now let's hit rewind on your career. Coming out of Penn State and going undrafted as a kicker, what's the grind like to get to the NFL? Uh, well, you know, I, I didn't have the greatest college career. You know, I had a lot of snappers, a lot of holders. Even that would change from warm-ups to going in and playing uh, in the regular games. It's just something you had to deal with, right? Because really it wasn't a specialized position like it is in the National Football League. So as a young kicker, when you're done with college, you just want an opportunity to, to learn and showcase your talents and I was pretty lucky to, to have that opportunity in New England when they were coming off their Super Bowl. It was their third Super Bowl win at the time. And you know, I got to learn from guys like Tom Brady, Corey Dillon, Mike Vrabel, 
Teddy Bruschi, um, you know, Rodney Harrison. There's a bunch of guys, Vince Wilfer, all these guys, Christian Faria. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And, you know, I was pretty lucky to go learn from Bill Belichick and Brad Seeley as well. So um, anytime you're learning from one of the best kickers in the national, it's probably the best kicker in the National Football League uh, history is Adam Vinatieri. So for me, it was the best place. It was pretty exciting to get started there. And obviously that's propelled my career to where it's at today, 16 years later. Yeah, um, and that was actually one of my questions on the Patriots being a deciding factor, and, and you really hit all of that. Um, but I, I totally understand why. I mean, coming out of Penn State and having that national spotlight, I understand wanting to go to a team like the Patriots coming off of that third Super Bowl in four years, you know, and learning from the absolute best, which, quite frankly, should or does have an effect on your career today. Yeah, I think a lot of it just comes down to situational football. It didn't matter whether you're a kicker or whether you're a backup offensive lineman or defensive lineman. You're going to get asked a question. You'd be a coach, an intern, scout. It didn't matter. Like you were going to get asked a question about situational football, and everyone had to be on the same page, and you had to understand football. So that helped me a lot understand at a young age situations that may come up that would give me an opportunity to, to be ready, even though we may never have practiced. I saw it in training camp my rookie year so I was really thankful to learn from Bill Belichick. I mean that guy's unbelievable I mean when it comes to situations uh we went through them every day and you know everybody understood what was going to happen ahead of time and that's why they've done so well in those situations at the end of the game at the half uh, and be able to win tight games but also turn you know double scores um going into half and coming out of halftime yeah now after your Patriots career um I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you bounced around. You were with the Ravens at uh, one point, And then it was ultimately getting the job with the Bears. How did you get that job? Well, I tried out on a Friday with five different guys and uh, went through the normal workout, tryout, you know, kick field goals against each other, be competitive, and then kick kickoffs. And they gave me the job. It was only supposed to last a couple weeks. It lasted, I think, 11 years. And the all-time leading scorer in Bears history. And then, obviously, I got a chance to play for the New York Giants, which is pretty special for me. Um, you know, being an East Coast guy and the family, Amara family, is unbelievable. Uh, and then now I got a chance to play for another charter franchise in San Francisco. So, you know, I've been pretty lucky to play for some great teams throughout my career. Yeah, and that's the next thing I wanted to hit on. You had your amazing 11-year career with the Bears, definitely a key piece to the franchise. You go to the Giants. It's a perfect season. I believe, I believe you hit every field goal that year. And then you're a free agent that uh, offseason. What was it about the Niners that stood out to you when deciding uh, to sign with them? Well, it goes back to even when I was trying out. I tried out for a guy named Stan Kwan, who was the head special teams coach in Detroit. Uh, he is now the assistant and was the assistant special teams coach at the time. I played for Coach Hightower in Chicago, who was my assistant here. I had met Kyle Shanahan a bunch through uh, the NFL Combines and other football uh, opportunities. And then John Lynch and I played in a Pro Bowl my second year together. So I had known a lot of people on the staff. I knew a lot of people uh, within the organization. I'd heard some great things about it. Uh, obviously, uh, it was a tough decision for me to not to go back to New York. Uh, but ultimately, I thought that if I could play in some warm weather, uh, help a team rebuild, uh, come in and 
you know, be a little bit of a veteran leadership uh, and teach these guys what it was like to, to get to a Super Bowl and what it's meant to be. Cause they, had not, they hadn't had a lot of winning seasons up until that point. So they had signed a bunch of guys like Malcolm Smith, who won a Super Bowl. You know, Brian Hoyer, who had been there with New England. Uh, and had too. played with Shanahan. Yeah, I mean, all these guys came in, Logan Paulson. Then they get Kyle Juszczyk from Baltimore to fill in as a fullback. And, you know, I think there's just a bunch of key pieces uh, that they, they picked up. That they were smart guys, guys that knew how to win, came from winning franchises. And, you know, it helped change the culture, even though we didn't win. We were 0-9 to start the season, like I said before. But I think the biggest thing is that those guys, we were so competitive and so close. When the reality is, is, you know, we could have won half of those games. Um, but, you know, we just were two points, one point, losing on the game-winning drive. And I think a lot of that had to do with just, you know, finding ways to win as a young football team. Yeah, and, you know, as the Niners have progressed, you know, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have always said brick by brick building this Super Bowl caliber roster. And that's one big thing I've noticed is how starting in that 2017 offseason, the Niners brought in guys like you, you know, Logan Paulson, Kyle Ustek, And it's awesome to see how we've only gone up from there. And I say we as a diehard fan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, like it, the reality is, is either you build the team to win or you're not going to have a job. And I think they realize that, right? But I think there's also a bit of patience that organizations have to have. Uh, with the people that they're putting in charge and can't look at it from, oh, my gosh, who wasn't 500 in his second year. I mean, you have to take a deep look at how much talent truly, whether it be by draft picks or the free agent deals that you brought in, uh, to understand what, what your true talent of your team was. And I think uh, the York family, who is incredible, not only is being patient with Kyle and John and helping them build the team, but I think they're incredibly generous to the players from, uh, you know, the community to, you know, rehab to body maintenance. I mean, they want to win a Super Bowl, and they're putting, they're putting the financial backing behind it to allow guys to stay healthy. And, you know, that doesn't happen a lot in the National Football League with owners. And, you know, you got to be, you know, excited about an owner that does that. But I think the big part of the brick-by-brick brick comes from it starts at the ownership, they had patience with John and Kyle, and now the players that they brought in uh, are starting to win football games for them, and you're seeing it pay off. Yeah, uh, you hit on the topic of keeping guys healthy and maintaining that. Now, this offseason, obviously, being in a national pandemic and not being able to go outside and do normal things, a lot of uh, players in the NFL are posting clips of them working out. Now, how are you preparing for this upcoming season with the uncertainty of the pandemic? You know, I was pretty lucky. The only thing that changed for me is that I couldn't kick at a football field for, you know, the first two and a half months of what I normally would do for kicking. So I was just kicking in my backyard. Other than that, I was doing virtual workouts with my trainer, uh, Sarah Miranda, Body in Motion, and here in Chicago. And, you know, so not a lot has changed for me, but I do know that a lot of the a lot of players had a tough time getting to gyms and having to do their own workouts, and they couldn't get equipment because it was obviously um, on back order in a lot of places because it was flooded with the market of people trying to get workout equipment. Uh, so I think for me, uh, it was pretty much other than using my kids as field goal uprights, everything was pretty <laughs> much the same. Yeah, I mean, I got to imagine uh, using your kids, you're going to need their help at home during a time like this. Anything you got? No doubt. There's no doubt about that. 
Uh, so now going into training camp, um, have they said anything to you guys specifically on what it may look like? Yeah, I mean, obviously they've been they've been negotiating for several months more intensely. Obviously, the last few weeks and days, uh, you're gonna go in. You're gonna have some uh, COVID testing period and quarantine period. Uh, you'll then go into what will be a what they call a ramp up period of uh, running and lifting and virtual meetings, uh, which will then lead into one week of OTAs and then get into training camp. And we have 47 days. Uh, from the start of camp on Tuesday to the opening game of the season. So you have 47 days to get ready, and there will be no preseason games. So obviously this, this ramp-up period is pretty important to try to keep guys healthy. Uh, and I think uh, a big part about, you know, you have to try to change your mentality in training camp because it's not going to be the same with games. So, you know, for me, I've already talked to my coach and, and talking about doing a simulated game. Uh, just so you can get the reps and build. Get a feel for it. Yeah, just get a, it's more about body issues than anything, right? So you can't just go from kicking 30 balls a day to kicking 120 in a game and expect to stay healthy for the entire season, right? So for us, we'll go in, get this ramp-up period, kick, you know, get our volume up a little bit, simulate a quarter, and we'll do our own preseason games, essentially, uh, which is kind of nice that we have the flexibility. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, the more experience and the, the more time you can get is perfect uh, ahead of a time like this with the uncertainty. For sure. All right. Uh, so enough about the football questions. Let's, sh- let's uh, shift gear on to you. Um, I've recently discovered uh, your YouTube channel um, and your new series, Kicking It. What made you want to start that series and have different athletes and different personalities on? Tell me about that. Well, I had done a lot of broadcasting here in Chicago, uh, hosting shows, and, you know, I'd have my own shows on Tuesday with uh, a co-host, and it was something I truly enjoyed doing. And then, you know, I was pretty lucky because I've had the ability to go around all the U.S. and meet a bunch of great athletes, amazing CEOs, and I wanted to do something coming out of this quarantine that, you know, a skill that I didn't have potentially or that I wanted to hone in on that might be something for me post-career. And so I started this kicking it series. So I started calling my friends and said, hey, would you mind doing a Zoom meeting for me and have some fun? And I'm going to post it to social media and we're going to tell stories. And it's going to be all about, you know, what your success is. And, I mean, we're talking to people like Joe Carter who hit, you know, World Series home run to win it all, right? Yes. I mean, to Sarah Spain, who is a – Sarah a Spain interview was awesome. That was She's awesome. Incredible, right? Yes. Uh, I mean, she's amazing. It's Elisa Salters. I mean, it's pretty unique for me to be able to talk to these guys in a different capacity because usually it's the opposite, right? We're, you know, we're telling stories about the good old days or they're interviewing me in, in the locker room or at the Super Bowl or whatever. And so for me, this was a lot of fun. I mean, I learned a lot uh, from all of these people and, um, you know, we're going to continue to do it. And hopefully uh, one day I'll be doing some broadcasting like you. That's awesome. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, and yeah, you hit on one of those things. And I, I mean, after watching your videos and watching this page blow up and, and watching you, you know, communicate and give all these different fans of yours and fans of people like Lisa Salters and Sarah Spain and Bradley Pinion, you know, what they're like and what their life is like and their upcoming. So, I, yeah, I think it's awesome you expanding your media platform after your NFL career. 
Yeah, I appreciate it. You know, I think it's unique for people to see what I call under the helmet, right? We're all, yeah, sure, it may look like a celebrity just because of what we do, but the reality is we're the Normal same as people. everybody else. Yes. Uh, but at the end of the day, some of this is in more of the limelight based on what you do. So uh, for me, it's been a lot of fun, and you know, I'm looking forward to some of the upcoming interviews that we have, and it should be uh, unique for all the uh, people who follow me to get a taste of just what these celebrities and CEOs and business people are going through. And, you know, I think uh, everyone can relate to somebody somehow, some way from one of the, just one piece of the interview, which is kind of nice. Yeah, it's phenomenal. And it gives people something to watch, uh, something to look forward to and just learn more about different people. Uh, so Robbie, I'd like to thank you for joining me and coming on my podcast. Your time means a lot and I'm very happy we got to do this. Um, I wish you and your family the best. Please stay safe and best of luck this upcoming season. Go Niners. Yeah, thanks, buddy. And I wish you all the best. And uh, hope uh, my fingers crossed for you get into Syracuse. Thank you. Thank you. A massive thank you to Robbie Gold for joining me on today's show. I hope you guys enjoyed the interview as much as I did as we got to sit down and talk about football. We're going to try to get two new episodes out next week and talk some baseball and basketball as they return. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow the Instagram at Shane Rich Show. I'll see you guys soon.